Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Eric with the Black Financial Initiative. You already know we got Larry and T. We got a great episode for you today. So I'm going to kick it to T to introduce our guest. We have a very, very special guest with us today. Right now, we have a former D1 athlete at a big time program, national championship team. We have a former NFL veteran, current author, bringing us a great book today, Jonathan Scott. So first thing I'm going to ask you, sir, is what was it like being on possibly, now I'm not, I'm going to take the possibly off, on the yeah. greatest <laughs> college football team in history, the most exciting 2000, <laughs> look, I believe it was 2005 national championship Texas yeah. home, huh? I still got people that owe me money. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. I appreciate that. That was a, that was a hell of an introduction. So. <laughs> but um, uh, I definitely say, man, being a part of that team, it was a great experience. Simply because I was just part of something that was great. You know, it was just it was the journey. You know, the journey of you know coming off the last season having a a destination set in our, our mind. We manifested that we're going to be back here, got to work immediately, went through the process, kicked butt all the way through it, uh, ran through opposition, and then being able to, you know, be victorious. And it was a hell of a feeling. So it was one of the, one of the best memories I had, especially throughout my entire professional and collegiate career. Man, that, that just gives me chills and goosebumps. I mean, we're going going to ignore Larry and Eric because they don't recognize and don't understand <laughs> the greatness that is UT Longhorn football. We, we're going to discuss who, who they represent. <laughs> but uh, is it OU? Oh, oh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, yeah, let's cut this short. Let's cut it no. short. <laughs> I, I, like, uh, I like Michigan, but they ain't been nothing in, in a while. Okay, I get it. I get it. Are you a Midwest guy? No, no, no. I'm born and raised Dallas. Yeah, That's oh, just yeah, a team yeah, they kind of stuck that. with through like Charles Woodson. That's who like oh, okay, gravitated gotcha. me towards them. So I just stuck with that team. But there I mean, goes. here living in Austin now, I mean, you bet not say anything or disrespect that team. Yeah. Like they are yeah. until I moved down here, like, I didn't know how diehard this town yeah. is. Like they are they serious. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it dead serious, man. <laughs> bleed on, we bleed, bleed. Burn on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, we bleed, burn on. Yeah, yeah, man. No, I, was, I don't take anything away from 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 y'all's championship. I was I was watching. I was glued to it. I was I was excited. I was excited when y'all won the championship. So I don't take anything away from it for sure. That's good. So. That's good. Now it was a hell of an experience, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just that it was a hell of an experience. <laughs> a hell of an experience, man. Yeah. So we, we we're already we're talking about your football career. So let's let's get into it some more. You might give us a little background on your collegiate and NFL career. Yeah, you know, um, collegiately, uh, of course, played at UT. Um, I made uh, I did some I made some accolades. All American, consensus All American, All Big Twelve. You know, say it like it's nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talk your stuff. Talk your stuff. Like, you know, I I I, I tend to be kind of humble because uh, at the end of the day, it's like I give reverence to those accolades, but that does, that doesn't define who I am. So, you know, and plus, you know, I wouldn't have got all the accolades if I didn't have all the people that was in my corner and helping me get better and sharpening mm-hmm. my sword to, you know, be a better person, be a better player, be a better student. So, um, you know, it was a collective effort. And, 
And then on top of that, I play offensive line, so I don't get to call a lot of plays. So I'm used to be like, <laughs> all right, all right, teamwork, let's get it. Let's know how we do it together. But uh, after college, you know, uh, got drafted to the NFL, and you know, it was a very, it was a very uh, stark difference coming from, you know, winning uber winning program. I only lost what my entire college career. I think I've only lost four games, maybe, oh, man. maybe five. That's it. And so going from that to where like barely winning any games in Detroit. You know, it um, it definitely challenged challenged my uh, my mindset of you know how to persevere. So uh, after that, you know, my rookie year, I broke my hip, and um, I was told that my season, you know, my career was over. And you know, I just had it in my mind. Kind of went back to the basics. I just just didn't buy into what anybody telling me negative. And I ended up playing nine more years. So, um, nice. So, um, most of my career was with the Steelers and the Bears. You know, played in the Super Bowl, uh, been to a few championships. You know, and then at the end of the day, I was always an entrepreneur in, in mm-hmm. my mind. Uh, like, you know, where I come from, like, I'm a hustler. So I'm, <laughs> you know, I can, you know, I do different things, like. I'm into I'm into music. I'm into real estate. I'm into uh, cigars. Uh, um, I'm into banking. Like I'm always willing willing to learn, and I love to be able, you know, kind of a you know kind of caveat, if you will, something mm-hmm. that my father used to always say. He said, "Son, if you're in the room with four idiots, guess what? You're the fifth. <laughs> Son, if you're in the room yep. with four brilliant people." Guess what? You the fifth. Mm-hmm. So I, I always kept in mind that. So I always kept in mind that I'm always going to surround myself around people that have positivity, who who are being able to bring something to the table. Because you know, getting to a biblical sense is iron sharpens iron. You know, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. And yes, so sure. that's that's the way I kind of like try to approach life when. When it comes to new challenges, new new opportunities, it's like how can I get better? How can I make my best better? So, yeah, that's just kind of a, that's the quick nutshell of kind of who I am. <laughs> but yeah, shout out shout out to your to your dad. Yeah, shout out um, to the parents, man. We say it all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've talked to several people, um, and it seems like a lot of them, you know, had good parents in their life and. Obviously, that's gonna that's gonna you know help you out in your in your whole life and anything you're doing. So, shout out. Oh, no question. Yeah, no. My dad was um, my parents, both mother and father. Uh, father passed away, but you know, um, Sorry to hear that. you know, they were very very um, involved in my life. My dad was very supportive when it came to my you know to my my academic I mean, my athletic career. My mom was the same with my academic, right? They they set high standards, and it, it was the norm. It was like, yeah, you're going to college. Like, yeah, you, <laughs> like yeah, you're playing at the next level. Like, what do you think? You gonna you gonna be a bum, <laughs> right? Right. So it's just, right. It's just like that's the standard, right? So you never did really question it. It was just like, ooh, you're more, you know, it's like the optimism of like where you're gonna go and. 
what are you going to do? That was more of the question. So, yeah, definitely had a um, support system that was very, very, very strong. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Are you going to say something to you? Well, I'm just going to say, you know, basically the same thing you said. That's awesome because, you know, we bring on so many people. And that's the a consistent message we hear is that their parents have a lot to do with that that success. And, um, you know, it's very important for the black community for us to have those those idols or mentors to look up to and for people to guide us at an early age because it's where we falter sometimes sometimes we're not uh receiving that message at an early age and, and know what to do when we get older so it's it's great to hear that message consistently yeah nah, and the, the messaging was consistent you know from my parents so they they said it over it's repetition you know it's like mm-hmm. what's the thing like you know you got to have ten thousand hours before you become you know efficient or expert or something it was kind of the same thing. It's like I was constantly being reinforced and even in my subconscious mind, just constantly like, you know, do great things, be great, be kind, you know, uh, have humility, all those different things. So it was it was definitely a collaborative effort. It wasn't all me. <laughs> I like how you said they kind of set that standard in there. And I think that's good for our listeners, for the initiators to hear that standard of, like, yeah, you going to college. Like, yeah, you're going to the next level. Like, you put that in them, that kid knows nothing else. Right, like, right. Yeah, they just going through it. No, yeah, it's kind of that point. I remember I hear, remember hearing somewhere someone saying it's like, it was kind of like an inspirational thing. Can't remember who. But it was like, if you tell a skier to watch out for, watch out for the, watch out for the trees, watch out for the trees, the only thing they see is the trees. But if you tell the same skier, stay on the path, all he focuses up focuses on is the path and doesn't mm-hmm. even worry about the trees. And so mm-hmm. I how I correlate that is just that, you know, like that was like that was the standards. Like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be great in school, you're gonna be great at the next level, you're gonna be great in college. Like that's just what it was. So I always mm-hmm. focus on how do I be great, right? And a lot of times I didn't have the answer. So, you know, I just used a little common sense, even though it ain't common for everybody. <laughs> um, I just said, man, let me look at somebody who's doing great things. And that kind of gets into my football career. It's like, like, I just watched the people who were nice. Like, you know, I watched Jonathan Ogden. I watched Tony Baselli. I watched Larry Allen. Shoot, I even got to play with Flozell Adams. So, like, I just said, man, what you do to, like, what you do to how you stop this pass rush or, like, how do you take on this kind of block? I just watched him. And, you know, monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> yeah. Shout yeah, out so. the great Cowboys. Shout out the great Cowboys you just called out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's, not, let's not start that up. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I don't know about the Cowboys. <laughs> Hey, we talking about oh. the past. We ain't talking about we ain't talking about football right now. Uh, fun fact: my entire career, I have never lost to the Cowboys. Never. A lot of people oh, can say that's that. Great. That's great. <laughs> hey, we gotta stop it right now. We gotta, right now. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta stop it right now. <laughs> uh, we're not to, to, pivot back, to pivot back into it after uh, like after your career and TT even mentioned like uh, now that you're an author. Uh, tell us about your book, uh, The Winning Playbook, and kind of what made you write it. Yeah, so what happened was, you know, right after I finished playing, you know, I had a 
not to give away the book, but uh, I had a conversation. I had a conversation with God. And at the end of the day, one of the biggest things was I was asking God to expand my territory and, you know, help me find what my true purpose is. There was this book that I read called Two Chairs by Bob Bodine. And um, I took some principles from that book and actually applied it in my actual life. And what happened was, is that opportunities started presenting themselves. And one of those opportunities was my business partner, now business partner, Rob Welsh, my co-author. You know, he was, um, you know, he's been in the financial space for, you know, at this, t- at this point where we're talking 18 plus years. And he had conversation with a friend, mutual friend that was a publisher, which is Indigo River and said, hey, you know, he found out kind of what we're doing from a business standpoint. He's like, man, y'all doing that? He's like, man, like, would you be interested in writing a book? And so he said that to my co-author. And then he's like, man, I got one even better. Like, we got a guy that's living flesh that's, you know, living it. So so next thing you know, Rob, he called me and said, hey, you want to write a book? And I'm like, I'm not, I was like, I'm not, I'm not a writer. He's like, no, he's like, you don't have to be a writer. He said, you know, he's like, actually you'll be an author. He says, he, so he says, when you think of authority, what's the first, what's the first part of authority author. So in order to be an authority in our business and what we do on the financial side of things, it helps to be an author. So I'm like, all right, cool. And so, um, you know, went through the process of just kind of breaking down what we wanted to talk about. We wanted to make the book easy, right? Because finances doesn't have to be hard. Like people kind of scared, like, oh, it's so difficult. No, it's about the mindset. So one of the biggest takeaways from this book is that, yes, it talks about financial literacy and some of the different tools that you can use in, in in, in that space. But we really wanted to talk about financial empowerment, like how to mm. how to think, how to think like a CEO, how to become a, we we phrase the term athletepreneur, like how you can take your skill set as a as an athlete and transfer that over into business. Well, guess what? The beauty of playing sports the ultimate sport, which is football, you learn leadership, you learn teamwork, you learn opposition, you learn turmoil, like mm-hmm. how to deal with conflict, you know, how mm-hmm. to be, stay composed, right? You know, how you learn how to, to understand your skill set, study your skill set, preparation. Everything that I'm saying is the same thing that goes on in a Fortune 500 company, right? Mm-hmm. The, the product is different. So guess what? So when you're going into a new space, guess what? You know how to train. Now you just got to train your mind. So instead of training your legs, well, not only your legs and your your muscles and all that, now you got to just train this muscle, right? So Mm -hmm. now if you get into real estate, take real estate classes, you know, get in in the room with other people who have been in the business, understand the, the, the the beautiful part of real estate, understand the ugly part of it. Understand the macro, the micro. And what happens is 
you start doing small things. You do a little, you do a little, you know, do a little flip here, flip there. Next thing you know, you're understanding. Next thing you know, you're getting in the commercial space and you get into understanding capital stack and understanding equity positions and understanding uh, business EBITDA and cash flow. And like you just you got to train, you got to train your skills. You just train yourself. So my whole thing is, if I can learn how to play this position at the highest level, you can give me any, any any type of business or vertical, I can be successful in it, period. It doesn't matter what it is. I got to train. I'm not going to, this is not going to fall in my lap. I got to put it, I got to put it in the work and put it in the grind. But if you walk me into uh, IBM right now and give me the time to train it, I can run that company. That's it. I love it. I love it, man. Um, especially, you know, you throwing out the financial empowerment because we speak and talk a lot about uh, some of those same principles, but I don't think we're from familiar. We usually throw out that term. We'll throw out, you know, financial literacy. Uh, but, you know, you're really speaking on something when you frame it in that way of empowering people, because it's one thing yeah. to learn it, to know it. But what are you going, going to do with it? So uh, that's yeah. I mean, I think that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's not so much knowledge is power. It's the application of knowledge that's power. And so, you know, what do you do with it, right? Because the way I look at it is like, like I know you guys can't see it, but it's all about perspective, right? I can use this water bottle here. Is this water bottle, like everyone you may say, oh, what, what do you do with this water bottle? Everybody say, well, drink it. Well, I look at it a different way. Like, maybe I can use it as a paperweight, you know? Mm. Maybe, maybe I use it as a, a blunt object to hit something, mm -hmm. you know? Maybe I use it to hold something up, right? And that's the same thing you got to think when it comes to financial, when it comes to like all the financial things in the financial space. There's so many different tools and so many different ways and strategies you can do. Some people may be like, oh, you use IUL. Some people may say whole life. At the end of the day, what's the, what's the strategy? What's the plan? What it really boils down to is what's your purpose? Like, why do you want to make money? Why do you want to save money, right? So for me, my purpose was to empower people. I make money to empower people, right? Mm -hmm. Be able to take the knowledge that I have from what I've learned and experienced to allow other people to build their kingdoms. Because at the end of the day, if we're talking about the black community, like think about it's literally on some Wakanda type stuff. Like if I can put you in a position to build your kingdom and your kingdom is uh, uh, real estate and your kingdom is dealing with insurance and your kingdom is dealing with uh, construction and everyone else, everyone has their kingdom. Why we can't work together? You making your money. I don't need no cut of you. You winning, right? Mm -hmm. So guess what? We creating our own dollars. Now you start thinking like, dang, this is like, Wall this is like Black Wall Street 2.0 again. Now you incorporate the stuff that, that I know, you know, using trust and, you know, irrevocable complex trust and using different types of tax strategies and shelters like, you know, a 990 PF form, which is a private family foundation versus a 990 form, which is just a public foundation. How to be able to strategically use a system of interrelated trust to be able to minimize taxable liability with 100% transparency with the IRS. Like, how do you do that? Like, I can tell, like, I have strategies 
to tell some of my clients who are professional athletes, oh yeah, you made $50 million, I can show you how you can keep $50 million. What you mean? It's the education. It's the deep mm-hmm. dive and the high, you know, the deep dive in the highest level of tax, right? So uh, at the end of the day, what you're doing it for, right? So my whole thing is, is that I wanted to eradicate the whole concept of athletes going broke because the athletes that I know, which is a lot of them, they're pretty freaking smart, right? Mm-hmm. And what we see is that one athlete that, no, I mean, how he blow all that money? Yeah, they teach you how to make money, but they don't teach you how to keep money. <laughs> That's a totally different thing. <laughs> this is two totally different things. Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, like, you knew how to make it, but, you know, how do you keep it? How do you keep it working for you? Because I know one of the, you know, the things, uh, you know, and this is kind of just my personal mission, is that uh, historically the Black community has been stripped from our culture, stripped from our education, stripped mm-hmm. from our families, and strip, you know, and we depleted from a knowledge base. And then we get spoon fed some other rhetoric, right? Mm-hmm. Some rhetoric that most of the time isn't true. And so what happens is a lot of times it's like, it's interesting when you see predominantly white families, right? They're taught when they pass on, to pass on assets. Whereas in the, in the culture, in the community that I grew up in, we were taught to pass on debt. Right. So my whole thing is, is that don't get me wrong. Debt is a good thing, but we have to change the mindset of how debt is like debt works. Right. Mm. We can use debt to be able to leverage other people's money. Right. We can use assets to be able to create more debt and then get someone else to foot the bill. Like, Mm. but that's a deep dive. Like that's a deep dive in the stuff. But at the end of the day, what the book is about is empowerment. How do you think about that? You know, and it's not just geared towards athletes. It's, it, it, I mean, it was kind of intended for athletes, but it's literally for everybody, right? It just gives mm-hmm. perspective from an athlete standpoint. Uh, um, and the thing that I really, really like about this whole, this book is so easy. It's an easy read. It's mm-hmm. one of those things that'll get you fired up. You can, you can always come back to it. So it doesn't become all about products because products change. I mean, they got an iPhone every week, you know, every month or every, you know, uh, mm-hmm. every or eight, eight months, six months, whatever. Right. So um, the products change, but the mentality, the mindset, it's the same. Right. It's having a hardened mindset of like, what do you really, you know, what do you really want to gain from, um, you know, your, your finances? It's about being in the driver's seat. Right. It's mm-hmm. cool if you want somebody else to run it. But you still need to be aware because you, you gotta in, you have to inspect what you expect. If you don't know how your mm. money works, you don't know where your money going. Next thing you know, they just send you and like, oh yeah, man, you made three hundred thousand, you made three thousand dollars this month. No, they took six thousand and just showing you <laughs> three thousand. Like, but you gotta inspect what you expect. So you don't have to be an expert in business. You don't have to be an expert in finances, but you at least need to know how it works. Right. Mm, yes. So now you can you can be able to create that hierarchy in a company. It's like, yeah, I need someone who's a specialist at that. Well, guess what? That kind of goes back to the same thing I was saying. Well, my dad said, <laughs> put yourself in a room with a bunch of brilliant people. Guess what? You're going to end up brilliant. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you're in a room with a bunch of idiots. Guess what? You're going to be an idiot. So 
And that's the one thing that I, I, I constantly, you know, kind of, that's what I do. It's like this book is being able to bring light to people to be, create knowledge base. We're in the whole Renaissance era when it comes to enlightenment and being able, and I love it. So what you guys are doing, keep doing it because at the end of the day, it's empowerment. Empowerment, right? It's about empowerment. So that's the word of the day, empowerment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll be using that. Um, By all means, please do. So please you, do. you mentioned uh, the, the kingdoms, you know, helping everybody develop and create their own kingdoms. We got Wakanda going on. And we know in the kingdom mm -hmm. of uh, professional sports with athletes, we have a mm -hmm. lot of young black men or young black women that, that do these sports. And, mm -hmm. and they come into some pitfalls that you alluded to earlier. What are some of the biggest mm -hmm. pitfalls that you see uh, these young athletes come into and how can they avoid them? Yeah, so one of the biggest pitfalls is, well, this generation that I work with, Generation Z, they different. But, but when, <laughs> yeah, you're very different. <laughs> but well, no, one of the biggest things is is that let me back up a little bit. One of the things that I understand psychologically is you can't get anyone to change their mind unless they start questioning their belief system, right? So I can't talk to no kid about, man, you need to save your money, save your money, right? How can I tell uh, a kid that was middle of the lower class income, had this dream of going to the league, getting some mama, getting getting some money and getting his mama out of the house, getting a nice little, nice little watch, Rolex, get some diamonds. I get it. Like, you've been waiting for this moment all your life. So what I do is say, hey, I come at a different perspective. I say, you know what? If I can show you how you can be able to get your mama in that house, get you that diamond and that Rolex, and, what, and you don't even have to pay for it, would you be willing to listen? That's when you get them, right? And then at that point, they become interested, right? So they're like, hmm, that sounds like, that sounds good. See, what's happening is they're questioning their belief system, right? Right, because they ain't trying to hear no old dude talk about no money. Let you know about money. Yeah. What you know, right? Like I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to get this paper. You know, like <laughs> that's that's their mindset. So what happens is, is when you get them to question their belief system, it's like, man, maybe there is a better way, right? Then at that point, they actually listen, and then once, and then they see you doing it, and you bring them along. Next thing you know, they like. Yeah, OG got some game. Like I'm listening to him because it's like, bro, got a got this car over here, and man, he just showed me the paperwork. He don't own none of it. What? Yeah, like, dude, he got his trust that owns all that. I take away liability. Like, then we just get into a conversation, and then and then you when we get into the conversation, oh, I can go. Like, oh, I can talk that talk because I spent five years like getting in a hole, training myself to understand the higher level of finance. Because at the end of the day, it's one, you want to be able to, to protect your assets, grow those assets, and pass those assets on, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to use a system. I got a, I created my own system. That's our business, right? It's creating a system. I sell the system. Like the information is what I learned throughout the, throughout the way, right? And uh, it's one of those things is like now these young guys, they want to know, like, I want, they, you know, they instant gratification. So 
I'm like, all right, cool. You want to get it fast? All right, do it your way, right? I'm going to show you this way over here, and I bet you you're going to run into more problems than I will, right? They bump their head, and you sit there and be like, hey, man, come on over there. No problem. We can fix that. No problem. I got you, you know? And, as, you know, you kind of give them a little humility, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, what happens is when they win it, oh, guess what? My whole business is referral-based. Oh, yeah. They tell like, everybody, yeah. <laughs> like, they tell like, yeah, bro, you need to holler at, you know, you need to holler at Jay Scott, man. He that, <laughs> like, he that guy. And I'm like, dang. Next thing you know, I was like, man, I'm starting to take on all these different clients. Shoot, I'm thinking to myself, I got to build me a team. Right, I can't talk to all these folks. So, so what I do is help people build their kingdom. Right. So my whole thing is like, how do I duplicate myself? So I got all this knowledge. What, what point does it make for me to have all the knowledge? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's that that doesn't fit my purpose at all. Like, how can you empower and keep all the knowledge? It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's counterintuitive. So I've noticed that a lot of guys spend money. But, you know, what I kind of the big thing that I like start off with is kind of what we talked about, you know, before we started was you want to have ownership of nothing but control of everything. And you do that by systems, creating systems. Right. That's more of the deep dive. Right. That goes into my business. Right. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, what we tell guys is not how much you make it's how much you keep. Because you got this one individual, her name or his name is Internal Revenue Service. And they tend to take anywhere 40% of your cut. Now, if we're gonna keep it, if we're gonna keep it a, a buck 100, that's gangster. Taking 40% of your money, <laughs> yes, sir. 50% of your money, that's gangster. <laughs> Not to mention, when you're playing in a city, they can take anywhere, you know, city, state, county tax. You mm-hmm. in California, that's another 12%. So we talking Ooh. 52% of your money is gone. You never even see it. Where they do that at? Where <laughs> they do that at? So, so my whole thing is, is that everything that we teach, you know, say I go off the internal revenue and irs.gov website and teach it from there. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't need to believe me. Go look at it for yourself. Trust mm-hmm. but verify. You can trust me how you want to, but I tell you, go verify it. Go find and see if I'm I'm telling what I'm saying is flaw. Go right ahead, right? And that's where the confidence kind of comes in is because I already, I already I already did the research. I I already went. I already talked to the attorneys and the and the retired judges and trust the state attorneys and tax attorneys. Cool. You never heard of it? Why? They don't want you to know. <laughs> you know, and we get we get we get into a real, real conversation. This system that this structure that we're in wasn't meant for you, sir. It wasn't meant for you. It wasn't mm-hmm. meant for you to know. Real talk. Huh? That's point it wasn't meant for you. There are a lot of times people say, man, the, you know, the justice system is wrong. I'm like, man, it's working perfectly. It's working I, like, like they designed it. Yeah. Working exactly how they intended it to do. Like that's what it's supposed to do. Working to it's supposed to keep you out. It's supposed to keep you impoverished. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing is, is that what I'm about is not about flossing and flexing in front of my I ain't about that. I'm about building kingdoms. So if I got 10 people like me, 
oh, I can move however I want to move. And it, ain't nobody going to even know, mm-hmm. right? And then on top of that, it's like, why do I need to be at somebody else's table when I got my own? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that, that's that, that's that indoctrinated mentality. It's like, why we always got to do what they do? Why can't we create our own? That's why I said, this is like on some Wakanda type stuff. Like, like this is, and this book is just the first step. The book is the first step. So early, I know that was that. a lot. No, no, it's good. <laughs> All great information. <laughs> I know earlier you said athletes are athletes are smart, you know, and um, to be the professional athlete, you have to be smart. And I know you said um, so, but pro athletes get a bad rep for how they spend or lose money. Is there truth mm-hmm. to the reputation, and why is, are so many people bad with money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, there's truth to it, but I think it's just a fallacy of uh, the perception. Is kind of what my point is is that you know, oh, that's stupid because you lost that money. It just, it just didn't know. Like, if you didn't know that you can be able to put, you can put um, monies into uh, index universal life policy and be able to pull from it tax-free and don't have the uh, 59 and a half rule or 70 and a half rule. Well, if you don't know, then you just don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's one of those things is just that they're just not educated. And there's this expectation it's like we're just supposed to be born with knowing everything, right? <laughs> and it's just, it's just, it's unfair criticism. It's unfair criticism because, you know, do you expect your astrophysics to be able to pull a person from the moon if they never took any astrophysics like courses? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there's, think about it, there is no financial literacy courses other than little workshops on the weekends here and there. Mm-hmm. Where is there like a, you know, you got three hours of economics you got three hours of, uh, of history you got three hours of uh, geometry and trigonometry there's no three hours of financial literacy financial empowerment that's true what university do that at i missed that course yeah, so basically just that, that <laughs> lack of education just just ignorance you know but yeah and and that's what we go back to you know the, the top ignorance of the but podcast. not stupidity yeah. right exactly right, just right. lack of knowledge knowledge but uh goes back to that education at home because if we're not even getting it at the school in the classrooms or out in the world or at least until you're grown and you're getting it out in the world when you go and seek it then it's up to kind of you know your friends or family member those parents at home to help bring those people into the light at an early age but no i i agree with you you know it's not the athletes just want to do bad with uh, their money or not even athletes anyone they sometimes mm-hmm. just don't know they haven't been educated on it. Right, right. Because, you know, they had to get educated on that skill set to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't just pure talent. <laughs> like, not just 100% <laughs> pure talent. Like, and don't know nothing. Like, it doesn't exist. <laughs> Trust me, it does not exist. <laughs> it's kind of funny thinking about it in that way, like you were saying with the sports, how you you know to train or whatever to do for your sport, you know, now to do this other thing, you know you have to train for that too. And you know, just envision all these kids now. I mean, they're AAU camps. They're going to football camps. Mm-hmm. Like all this training, you know, in order to get to that next level or whatever, you have mm-hmm. to do that too in whatever whatever field you're in. Like you have to go to that training too. Like you just can't up and know something. You know, you have to go yeah. through the time. Yeah. And, uh, one of the questions I had on that same thing was, I don't know if you've seen like the uh, ESPN documentary Broke, the 30 for 30 yep. Broke. How accurate mm-hmm. was that? 
I mean, I thought it was good, just but I mean, I don't know. I've not never been in that realm. And to, yeah, me, so. tell you, to me, it made it seem like they're more so doing what the common men do. Like my friend goes and buys, I don't know, a pair of J's, and then I want to up them. Maybe I buy some other pair of J's that are, I guess, rare or whatever. And it's just kind of a back and forth game. But they're doing it at a much higher <laughs> money rate, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the yeah. way I took it is just, for one, they don't know. And two, they're doing the same things, you know, the common man is doing is just at a greater, greater financial yeah. pace. Yeah, so what it really boils down to is like one, the the documentary you gotta understand it was it was of course it was informing us, but you gotta also consider there's an entertainment aspect to it. So yes, you know, there is, you know, those those situations are hundred percent true. But we really get down into the granular level is that we fall victim athletes professional athletes fall victim of that white lab coat fallacy so you see a you see a doctor with you know a a coat on oh he must be a doctor oh he must be smart right Mm. and that's what happens is is that you got these guys got these nice looking suits in this pretty looking office and yes we do we do 401ks and (laughs) and uh we can be able to change her you know be able to keep it conservative and we have some good things in the market. Real estate is always the best play, but you know, <laughs> talking that talk, right? <laughs> but they ain't not educating you on nothing. They don't tell you about all the small little details, right? Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you get caught, right? You get hustled mm-hmm. because guess what? Football players get an absorbent amount of cash in a small window, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, is, <laughs> I mean, you gotta be on some like next level athletepreneur type stuff. But everybody ain't LeBron James getting LeBron James money. Right, right. That's just, that's just keeping it in 100. However, is that, you know, LeBron created a team himself where people, like, have a skill set. This is your skill set. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get your cardiovascular uh, doctor to be, to be your suit guy. Or you don't get your suit guy to be your orthopedic surgeon. Right? And this is what happens is, like, we put lo- we put this loyalty on people and not understanding what's best for you as a as a brand or best for you as a business. Like mm. I can't hire my mom to I can't hire my mom to be my mechanic. That's not what she do. That's not what she does. Right? It's not yeah. no knock on her. It's just that's not what she does. And yeah. I think what happens is when these guys get all these people that are loyal to, they probably have the best intentions. And what happens is. They'll have this intermediary guy speaking on behalf of a player and like, man, it's just this the casino deal that's gonna be in, in Nashville. It's 520 million. And you know, if this if this just goes as planned, you know, you can get 30% margin and you get piece of ownership. Yeah, that sounds great. But they don't talk about the whole SWOT analysis. They don't talk about the actual market. They don't talk about bank rates. They don't talk about uh the the CEO of the company is filing for a divorce and like they don't get into it. You know, like and he and she and the spouse is about to take half the assets. So they gotta freeze their bank account. Like it's so deep. But the thing is it's not a form, right? And we just put this blind trust in people because they look like the part, right? Mm. So that's why I always say, man, don't believe nothing. I say trust, you can trust me, but go verify. 
And my whole thing is, is to verify, you got to go to people who are authorities on the subject. Mm. So, man, I'm going to uh, put you on the spot real quick. What's the, the wildest thing you've seen in your uh, experience, you, you know, as a pro athlete? Or what was the wildest uh, proposition someone approached you with? <laughs> We're talking about finances uh, here. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Hey, I'm sure. I'm sure. I got you. Yeah, I got you. But financial standpoint, <laughs> the craziest thing I, I got introduced to me was a guy wanted me, he had a deal about buying a bunch of vending machines. No, like the candy, you know, the candy, with the, the jawbreaker candy machines mm-hmm. that be in barbershops. And so he wanted to get, he wanted me to buy up all the vending machines. And then he had a plan to put like different types of products in it outside of just chips and candy bars. And I was like, all right, cool. So when I hear, st- I hear stuff like, why? Like, like, why are we doing that? I'm like, okay, I'll tell you what, send me a business plan. I put them, I put them to work, right? Because if they about they if they about their business, they're gonna have everything I need, right? I was like, send me the pro, you know, happy man, reach out to my guy, and my guy ain't nothing but me. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, send me in the email to my guy. I just made a little phony email. I always had a little phony email. Send it to my guy and send me your pro forma business plan, executive summary. We wanna look at financials for the you know last five years and the projections of that. And uh, we'll sit down and have a conversation. Sound fair? And like, all right, cool, cool. Never got it. Because I know it was, it was full of crap. Like, mm-hmm. you know someone is full of crap, put them through the ringer. Like, make them go do, do the work. Right? All right, cool. And so I think that's probably the, the wildest one. Because um, just the way he approached me, it was just like, really? You know I just, you know I just signed a new deal. And you... you you want me to cut you a check for your <laughs> side project. Man, I'm not funding no more hobbies. I'm not doing that. Nah, no, no, no. I went to all his friends like, oh, Jay Scotty tripping. Oh, and I love it. Yeah, I want <laughs> you to go back and tell him. Tell him, I'm, oh, he changed. Yeah, you're right. I changed a lot. <laughs> you think I'm going to stay the same? Stay, stay in the hood? <laughs> oh, oh, I, I, I'm a, oh, I ain't keeping it real because I want to improve. Like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> so one thing one thing you're going to definitely learn as a professional athlete to be successful is learn how to say no and own it. Mm. It's because guilt is what gets people gets people spending all this money. Feeling guilty. Oh, man, he ain't getting back to the hood. Man, I can do whatever I want to with my money. Like, I get it. People got their opinion, but I'm going to give you some real stuff that my grandma would say. You know, I'm, I'm going to say it as my grandma would say it, so don't, don't judge me. <laughs> she would say, baby, what you eat don't make me shit. <laughs> was it your grandma or Jay Z? Yeah, that, that, that was Jay Z said too. That was my, that was my grand. That was my grandma to say that when I was a little kid. <laughs> yeah. That's true though. That's one hundred percent true. One hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right. So say what you want to about me. All right. I know who I am. 
and I'm and I ride steadfast in that. I know who I am. And I know who I'm not. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and that's kind of and it's funny because I kind of said had this little saying. It's four things that I know. I know what I know. I know what I don't know. I know who knows what I don't know, and that's all I need to know. <laughs> Keeping it simple. Keep it simple. Like, 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 like I can say this: life is understanding. Life is pretty simple, but it is hard. Mm-hmm. Like, like we ain't gotta make this difficult. That's why I'm like, think smarter, not harder. Like, a lot of times, it's like. I'm pretty sure a collaborative effort is a lot easier than trying to do this stuff by yourself. Mm-hmm. A lot easier. So, um, kind of get to the point. That's the purpose of the book. And simple. All right. Yeah, this stuff ain't hard. This ain't hard. And so with that, you seem like, I know you seem like you, you straight to it. You know, you, you know how to say no. So what are, some of your what are a few of your financial philosophies or things that you stick to i know you got a few yeah so for me i don't invest in companies anymore i invest in people because if i invest in the person and i put in you know i and i can really feel the spirit of the individual i'm working with the money's gonna come Hmm. so why and so and then on top of that my business practice is in private lending. So I understand financial, I mean, I understand banking and finances at a at the highest level and just some of the stuff that I know. Like, when you really understand money, the money, the real money is in money. Right? That may fly over a lot of people's heads. But why would I invest in something that's going to take seven years to make money when I have an understanding of money can make seven X in 45 days. People are like, well, yeah, but I understand you got to meet people where they are. So for me, if I, if I know that I can, I can be able to do seven X 700% on certain things, leverage that and create systems so everybody can win and get a piece of the pie. We all building kingdoms, right? We're creating finance. We're, we're creating true financial wealth. So back to your question, what are some of my principles? I only invest in people. I don't invest in companies. The four no's that I just mentioned. And I would have to say the, the, the biggest, the third one is probably the most biggest, the biggest is what is your why? Like, why? Like, why are we doing this? Right? And I don't, uh, a good buddy of mine told me this. I love it. I said, I'm going to steal that. He says, when you chase money, you'll never catch it. But when you pursue it, it'll run, it'll fall right in your lap. So at the end of the day, what that really means is like, man, I don't be looking for deals. Man, I just speak my truth, and you know I, I trust that God will give me the how by presenting something to me, right? So mm-hmm. it's one of those situations where I was like, "Bam! What do I got? What do I know? What do I don't know? What do, who knows what I don't know? 
That's all I need to know. So at the end of the day, what I got in front of me? Man, I got this book. Bam. How do I, you know, my, my goal is I want every person in the world to read it. I'm going to shoot for the stars. I'm going to land probably on the moon, right? Mm-hmm. So how do I do that? Well, first thing I said, shoot, sound like we need to get a PR team, right? That's it. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how my PR team got with you guys, but that's their skill set. That's their expertise, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what led me here. Like, I don't know. I didn't do the how. I just knew what I knew. I know I, I know. you probably need a PR team. Boom, let me get a PR team. I did a little interviewing. We went through some different folks. We're like, boom, let's go with these guys. I like what they present. And just go with it, right? And it's creative fruit, you know, and that's the thing. It's like the seeds that I plant now may not bear fruit for another 10 years. The conversation I'm having with you guys right now may not bear fruit for another 10 years. And I'm cool with that, right? Like, yeah, I want people to come go buy the book, right? But at the end of the day, like, it's going to be even more powerful when I got Byron Allen reading the book and saying, man, you know, you know what? I want to do a deal with you. Mm-hmm. I heard you say you were, you know, in the highest level of finance. Yeah, let's have a ch- conversation. Cool. Boom. Now, yeah, Byron Allen talking about he's going he gonna, he gonna to be the first person to buy a franchise, NFL franchise. Shit, that'd be real cool to be be the guy to <laughs> give them the funding for the for the for that franchise. That's what we can do, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of things that like I invest in people, I invest in companies. Like I tell you right now, and I can put it right here on the podcast. If you're looking for me to invest in, invest money into your business, I ain't doing it. I don't care if it makes a trillion dollars a year. I, I'm not. I don't invest in. I don't, I don't invest in that. I invest in people. And I roll with that. And it makes life so much easier. So much easier. Because I know who I am and I know who I'm not. I've been down that road of investing in companies that had all the perfect paperwork. Right? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's just not what I do. Right? Yeah, that one uh, makes sense. Because, I mean, people run the the company or the businesses anyway. So if you can trust the people behind it, trust what they're about, Trust that yeah. they uh, they're knowledgeable yeah. and have a good mission. I mean, that'll make things a lot easier. Cause my whole yeah, my whole thing is like you can put on a beautiful front with the website and in your marketing campaign and your, tw- your Twitter and your LinkedIn and your Instagram. I don't care about that, man. What it look like when I look you in your eyes? What you really what you really trying to do? What's your why? And then when I get to the why, I get I go five whys deep. So why is that? Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? Oh, that's why. All right. You really get to know like who you're dealing with. Because at the end of the day, the fictitious company is just a name. But the person that's running it, that's who you're dealing with. So when you really find out that they were just trying to steal your money so they can pay for their cocaine habit, nah, man. Please. Mm-mm. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. So that might be the wildest one right there. Like, no, nah, I'm not. No. And, and and it's crazy because, you know, I take that back. That probably was my wildest one that I avoided. Sounds like it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I found out later because he was doing, uh, he was doing, he's got this real estate project. He was doing, like, they merged together and doing all the, like, little tanning beds and stuff. Like, what's the, what's the big tanning company? You go in there and folks get their, you know, suntan. 
Bro, oh, you know God. none of us know. know what it is. <laughs> I was like, sticking to the wrong group. I was kind of you know, like black, <laughs> black finance on this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I was like, God bless. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a big name, right? It's a big name in the suburbs. They got all these little tanning booths, right? It's like a franchise, right? So mm-hmm. this guy, he's talking this stuff. Oh yeah, he got the he had the Lambo and the Rolls Royce and all the you know. You didn't know if he owned it or controlled it, right? He leasing it or or renting it for the weekend. You don't know. Like they they making it look like they big time, right? Mm-hmm. And he talking that talk and you know name dropping and all this stuff. Oh, I know Tom Hicks and all. I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, come over here. We we had the, you know, we had D Lincoln's. We have a steak and we got the back room champagne. You know, just all that, all that, all that. You know, wooing folks, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, something in my spirit told me, yeah, do yeah, nah, that ain't the move, Jay. That ain't the move. So fast forward, uh, ran into somebody. I was like, hey, how your man doing? Man, I he's like, and he got that, you know how when somebody start off conversation, man, we found and so we found out he was uh, he, he was in some financial trouble, right? With the SEC. No, S oh, SEC, yeah. Yeah, SEC, right? Mm-hmm. And I ain't talking mm-hmm. about college football, right? The mm-hmm. Securities and Exchange, Exchange Commission, yeah. Right. And so <laughs> he got big boys. situation. And what was happening was he was, you know, living the lifestyle, going to L.A. and, you know, doing a dog and pony show, whatever they call it, right? Trying to sell this whole concept of this planet, ta- planet tan or planet something. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. Right, right. And so find out that he was embezzling some monies and, you know, he was trying, you know, he was doing Reg B, but didn't have proper paperwork, got in trouble with the SEC, SEC, and next thing you know, he got down on his luck and he just started spiraling and he, he was like supporting this like $20,000, $20,000 week cocaine habit. Whoa. Yeah, that could have been my money. Cocaine is yeah, a hell of a so, drug, boy. <laughs> That's why I don't, I don't mess with the booger sugar. I'm no, I'm good. I'm thick. If I'm gonna die slow, it's gonna be off this. Yeah, no, nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you gotta mm-hmm. be careful out here. People do anything with your money. I'm just saying. That's why you gotta be in the driver's seat. You ain't gotta be an expert about it. You just gotta know how it works. And that's what. And that's the whole thing about it, the empowerment. I'm not sitting there just saying I know everything, but I do know how to know how to analyze the situation and and do the best, you know, be able to make a a, a sound decision that's for the betterment of my why, of my purpose, right? And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, in being a professional athlete, you are, I mean, you're just that the athletic version of a Brad Pitt. Everybody wants your time. Everybody wants your pocketbook. You know what I'm saying? And everybody's the best at whatever they claim that they do. Like, yeah, whatever. Right? Man. All right. Speaking <laughs> of those athletes, uh, the, you know, this Black Financial Initiative, so we're going to keep it blackity, black, black. Uh, black athletes and white athletes, did you, or 
athletes of any other you know race did you see or do you see any differences in how they manage their their money um i see how they spend their money mm. um i can definitely see how they spend their money and again this comes from economic um you know economic differences that you know they come from right you know i forgot the statistic but it's somewhere around 78 percent so 70 or oh, 60 to 70% of like black athletes are in professional sports come from middle to lower class income now when you look at those communities the lower class incomes they are always underserved because they have lack of lack of lack of lack of right and so majority of those guys again it's nothing wrong with it because i'm not going to crap on a guy's dream of being able to get this thing right and you got to be careful of you know praying to a false god which is possessions but you know, can, can you fault a kid that living his dream that's his dream right and what happens is, is they spend it on things that depreciate in value right depreciating assets right but like there are some cars, like I know they like cars are depreciating assets. Well, some cars are, not all. There's some cars, depending on the car, that will depreciate in value as soon as you buy it. There are some cars, there are some types of jewelry that appreciate in value as soon as you buy it. Like if you get a Grandmaster Chime Protect Philippe, yeah, as soon as you buy it, it can increase in value in 20, 20% literally in one minute. Why? Because think about it like this. Things things that are rare always increase in value. All right. Things that are just like widely available appreciate in value. All right. So yeah, so to answer your question, it was more I saw how people spend their money. Uh and it's in the book. <laughs> I talk about it in the book. Yeah, I saw it in the background. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So product drop, uh, uh, shameless plug. If you guys want to <laughs> check out, check out the book and get a little bit more about it. You can check out, check it out at yourwinningplaybook.com. Again, that's yourwinningplaybook.com. And it's available on uh, all different types of retailers, Barnes and Nobles, uh, Amazon, and the list goes on target, the list goes on. So if you love to get to know more, just log in to yourwinningplaybook.com. Put on the voice and everything. But yeah, we'll, we'll mm. definitely uh, have to post that with all our posts on the, the Instagram account and on Twitter. Uh, we'll have a link up for that. So definitely check yeah. out that book. All this great information that he's giving us right now, you can get more of that. This is just a teaser. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. But what, uh, what are more questions you guys got? <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to take it to the book. I got one last question for you. Um, okay. Coming from a, a former pro athlete who made a lot of money, how can your book help the average person trying to build wealth? Well, it can help you. It can help the average person understanding how commerce works, how taxes work, understanding how the mindset that you have to have and understanding money versus currency money is something that god makes currency 
and I we use money intermittent and like kind of intertwined. But money is something that God makes. Currency is something that man makes. If it's something that God made, it's rare and always increases in value. So what is that? Gold, precious metals, land, right? Can't make more land. Now you can build upon it to make it increase the value quicker, but God ain't making more land. <laughs> yeah, that's what my granddad right? used to say, Eric. God ain't making no more land Great. out here. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, those are the kind of things. And then at the end of the day is um, understanding the perspective of how to build your team, right? Building your team a personal, like your own personal board of directors, right? Building a person that's your, you know, financial, you know, or, or getting someone that advises you on financial opportunities, getting someone, you know, having someone that's your spiritual counselor, your personal development, um, <clears throat> building your team, because everyone has an expertise in something, right? And then on top of that, you got to have that, that, that lifelong friend that keep you in check and say, bro, you tripping, like you're doing the most. Like, no, nah, man, you, you, you file. Like someone that ain't no yes boy or yes man, right? That someone's going to keep you 100. Like, you know, having, building that true team. And so that's some of the things that you'll, you know, you'll learn in the book. And it's just kind of cool because it's, get, you know, the way the book is written, it's conversational, right? So my co-author, you know, he'll speak on a certain topic you know, about taxes, right? Or how money grows. Or when I say money, I'm talking about currency. Like how how that grows. And then I'll go into a story. So it's like story time, right? So <laughs> it gives a little bit of, you know, like like how I use that concept, that understanding of that concept and implemented it in my life. And like I said, I you know, I didn't hit home runs every time, but I learned a lot from those things. So kind of my other kind of like takeaway i would say is don't look at don't look at life as wins and losses look at life as wins and learns so therefore when i say i never lose i never lose because i don't look at i don't look at losses i look at it as learns right i don't win all the time but i never lose because it's in my mindset is that i'm gonna learn from it i'm gonna learn mm -hmm. from my mistakes I'm gonna learn from my. I'm gonna learn from my accomplishments, right? Because if you think in the terms of wins and learns, you think in a, think in abundance. You think about you're always optimistic. It's like man, like yeah, I'm shooting for a billion, but why not a trillion? I want to be the first trillionaire. Well, you know, maybe, <laughs> but yeah. I don't think I want anybody to know that. But you know what I'm saying, like, <laughs> but. What's wrong with thinking of abundance? It's like, yeah, I want my own business. Me, I want my own, I want my own company, right? Like, at the end of the day, wasn't Sam Walton an entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. He turned it into a company. He's still an entrepreneur. Isn't mm -hmm. Warren Buffett an entrepreneur? He just turned Berkshire Hathaway into a company, you know? So, and I think what happens is, is you have that mindset and use, you know, some of these tools. It'll help you in building your kingdom. Yeah. yeah, and like you said, you don't have any losses. What was that? I think it was Edison. Uh, 
think it was like with the light bulb had like 10,000 ways. He said he just found out 10,000 different ways. ways. Not to, <laughs> it didn't work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't fail 10,000 different times. He just found out 10,000 10, different ways not to do it. So. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and, and that's, and that is um, hell of a mindset. And then on top of that, um, in the back of the book, it's a little goodies is different types of books to read. It's like, you know, it's so many different, like, uh, suggested uh, reading. And, uh, and when you see it, it's a lot of stuff talking about the way the mind works and mindset. Because, man, you ain't going to be no billionaire unless you get the mindset. You're not going to be an, a, a prolific athlete unless you get the mindset. Your talent is only going to get you so far, right? Mm -hmm. It's a mindset. So uh, I think it's something like, I think it's Zig Ziglar. And I know I'm paraphrasing, but he says it's like motivation is like taking a bath. You got to do that stuff every day, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have a certain mindset, there's no need to get motivated because that's just how you, that's how you wired to think. And now, like I said, you go to a deeper level, deeper dive. Uh, now you're talking about the subconscious mind. But like I said, that's a different topic. And that's a deep, that's, that's red pill, blue pill kind of thing. <laughs> All yeah. stuff we can get in the book. Right, 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 right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. We really appreciate you, man. I think a lot of, one thing I hit on, uh, one thing I take from this conversation and also from others is like the mindset is literally like, you know, it's so powerful. It's something that you need really to, to go places or go to that next level or learn something. It's literally just mm -hmm. the mindset. Yep, the mindset. So, because uh, what happens is, if you have a certain mindset, you know how you know how to. When you come into conflict, like internal conflict, external mm -hmm. conflict, if you have a certain mindset of abundance, a certain mindset of positivity, um, it would all you'll always come out on top, right? And on top, maybe that the the deal didn't go through. But what did you learn? Right, man. I learned how not to do that. Right, so that's you know, and that's part of just personal growth for myself. Um, I guess that's the reason why I got these grades. It's like I've been, I've been, <laughs> been through some things. Right? <laughs> I ain't do everything. I ain't do everything right. <laughs> well, man, man, I, I appreciate you talking to us, man. You, you dropped a lot of great information, and one thing that um, I took from this, uh, this conversation is you have a lot of confidence. And I think that's something that that can be used within our, our lives um, when everything we're doing. And that probably comes from practice and reputation and whatnot and whatever you're doing. So that's one thing I took from our conversation as well. So. I appreciate it. And um, like I give you guys a um, big shout out, man. You got a collective of black men wanting to empower, not to just only entertain, but to be able to spread wisdom and positivity man so man uh, nothing but ongoing success for you guys like nothing but positivity man because uh we need more stuff like this because there's so many people who are without the knowledge and uh you you guys create a platform and a, a pipeline if you will to uh distribute good so man keep doing what you're doing no appreciate it man you the same you know, I think we'll we'll definitely get into your book, probably even do a book review on it. 
Mm. No, but by all means, please get yeah, be and be be harsh. And if you love to do a you know do a review on uh if you buy it from Amazon, do put a review out on Amazon. It helps with the numbers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, go ahead uh, one more time. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can find your your book. Yes, and, uh, where they can find you, uh, social <laughs> media, anything where we can reach you at. Yeah, everything that you can possibly find out about me, my book. My co-author, Rob Welsh, you can go to yourwinningplaybook.com. Again, that's yourwinningplaybook.com. It's about financial empowerment. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. You can get a little, little bit about me. If there's any inquiries, you can be able to email us, contact us, uh, and have further discussions, whatever that may be. <clears throat> whatever that may be. So, Check the book out. I think it's a fantastic read, easy read. Um, and um, you know, I just want to spread the word. Well, thank All you. Right. Thank you for that, man. Well, we'll definitely have yeah. some people out there checking it out, uh, getting educated and entertained. Um, so great stuff right there. Appreciate you for coming yeah. on, joining us. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, we want to thank Jonathan for sure. Thank you again, sir. And um Everybody, uh, please uh, check out the winning playbook, uh, re read it, review it, and everything. Tell your friends about it. That's everything for me. If you have anything, I said, bye. Peace. All right, initiators. Peace out. Later. <laughs>